Critical Thinking Part 1 Know Thyself Pretty much everything you read on the internet about the meaning of know thyself has absolutely nothing to do with Socratic logic and critical thought. Now, since the Harvard Business Review didn't publish my Physics of Leadership primer when I offered it to them, I'm going to roast what they published about Know Thyself. On July 19, 2012, they published an article about Know Thyself, and they equated it to self-awareness, Briggs-Myers, watching yourself and learning, managing yourself, bewaring of others too, as knowing thyself, which is wrong. Everything I've read, and I spent about 10 minutes surfing the net about know thyself to see if anyone on the internet knew what it meant and everybody was wrong. And that is a fact. Look for yourself and see. You'll see scholarly authors in the Harvard Business Review equating knowing thyself with meditation, knowing your strengths and weaknesses as a person, and it's all wrong. None of it has anything to do with knowing thyself. And then I looked up what the Harvard Business Review had said about critical thought. And what the Harvard Business Review tried to talk about was building team critical thinking. And they said they had three research-based models. They said there were four phases, execute, synthesize, recommend, and generate. And what we know from the physics of leadership, the corollary to the law number two, tells us that thought transacts individually and uniquely in the minds of individual people, not in teams. Now you can put some critical thinkers on a team and observe what that looks like, which is the functional equivalent of attending a NASCAR race and noting the speed, colors, and sponsors of the top three finishers, and then selling that information as a recipe for building a successful race team. But you're never gonna win at Daytona with that plan. And since knowing thyself is clearly an individual sport, and knowing thyself is the Socratic foundation of critical thought. Looking at teams, finding three research-based models with four phases has absolutely nothing to do with critical thought or teaching critical thought. They're merely describing their own shadows on the back of Plato's cave cast by the light of critical thought. So when I get done teaching you exactly what critical thinking is, you will know more than the internet and you will know more about critical thought than that rag, the Harvard Business Review. So I learned this from Socrates. Know thyself. And know thyself means know what you know. See, the brain is the start point of your thinking. It's the center of your knowledge universe. To understand the universe around you, you must know what you know. Because if you don't know what you know, then you know nothing, right? I mean, I know that sounds kind of silly, but it's true. If you don't know what you know, then how do you, you don't know anything. And so therefore you must know that which you know. Because when you know what you know, then you also know, you must know exactly what you don't know. And when you know what you know, and you also know what you don't know, then you can know everything. 
And I know that sounds crazy, but, but knowing what you know necessarily means that you know what you don't, and that's a logical fact. And it's kind of like how I discovered the nature of leadership. It's like critical thinking vis-a-vis know thyself. You see, you break the first level down into a mutually exclusive binary analysis. In the physics of leadership, it looks like this. There either is order, right? Or like a physics to leadership, like everything else in the universe, or there must be none, okay? Now, either there is order in physics to leadership, or there's none at all. And if there's none at all, then that means you take a leadership action, then the, the leadership result must be random. If there's no order, then action can only result in a random outcome. And we know that there are great leaders who get predictable, repeatable, good leadership results from their leadership actions. And so, since we know that happens, since we know there are good leaders, there must be a physics to leadership that governs leadership outcomes. That if you take a certain good leadership action, then you'll get a certain good leadership result. So if there are great leaders anywhere, the physics of leadership must exist everywhere. And it's a binary choice. There either is order, and you can have predictable, repeatable leadership outcomes, or there is no order and everything is chaos. And we know it's not chaos, so we know there must be a physics to leadership. Now, knowing thyself is the exact same thing. There are two binary, mutually exclusive buckets that the universe of information sorts into. And it's either one bucket or the other. It's either the bucket of things that you know. And if it's not in that bucket, then it has to be in the bucket of the things that you don't. And so when a piece of information comes to you, or you detect something in the universe of information, or somebody talks about it, it will either be in your no bucket. And you must know, you must understand, you must be able to recognize that it is in your the bucket of things that you know. And if it's not, then you know it's something you don't know. It has to be. Because there's only two things. It can only be either know it or you don't. And so, if it's not there, it has to be in your don't know bucket. And that means it's a thing that you need to engage on and thing that you need to learn on. You need to seek sort of that truth so that you can process it and figure out and put it in the bucket of the stuff that you know. Now, so if you don't know you don't know, then obviously you don't know you can't engage. And if you don't know the things like that, then you don't really know anything and you're just not critically thinking. And you can't even begin to start processing things until you get to the mindset where, hey, I gotta, I gotta really look at this and do I, do I know this? Do I understand this? Is that in my no bucket or is it in my don't know bucket? And so now I'm gonna do what nobody at the Harvard Business Review has ever done. I'm going to put this theory into action and I'm gonna, in this example that is universally applicable and that everyone will understand concretely what critical thinking is. So I'm gonna throw out a scenario and then I'm gonna give you the Harvard Business Review answer. And after that, then I'm going to show you what the first level of sort of binary critical thinking is. Do I know it or do I not know it? 
And then I'm going to take you into a deeper level of critical thinking by accessing other data in the bucket of the things that I know because I know myself. I know on a deeper level the other things that I know that are relevant to this situation. And then I'm going to take you to a third level. And so what I'm going to show you is how by knowing myself and by having command and access instant access to the information that I know I know, I'm going to be able to deliver critical solutions and insight that you will never get from the Harvard Business Review. So eat your heart out, Harvard. So imagine your mother is there and she says, I'm going to give you and your brother a dollar to share. And it's all in coins of different denominations on the counter. And she grabs them in two hands and she throws, puts one in your hand and one in your brother's hand. And so we want to know what your brother got. And so since the Harvard Business Review is busy equating knowing thyself with like meditating and taking the Myers-Briggs, their suggestion is, hey, ask your brother how much he got. And then your brother sticks his tongue out at you. So congratulations, that's what you get from the Harvard Business Review. Now, let's do some level one critical thought according to Socrates and Voorhees. Well, You'll know if you know your, thyself, right? You'll know, you look into your hand and see how much change is in your hand. If you know thyself's change, if you have 96 cents in your hand, then you know your brother must have the other four cents because that's what you know and what you don't know. In this case, you have the whole universe of information. So you know, if you have 96, he must have four because it has to add to 100. So your brother, has four cents. Now level two, and when you really know what you know, when you're deep into the levels of what you know, then you also know that the denominations of coins, you know there are dollar coins, 50 cent pieces, quarters, dimes, nickels, and pennies. And you know from that depth of your knowledge in a completely different you know, level or angle of knowledge on this, on this uh, problem set, you know about those increments. And so because you know that He's got four cents. He can't have a dollar coin. He can't have a 50 cent piece. Can't have a quarter. Can't have a dime. Can't have a nickel. He must only have four pennies. So you have not only determined the value of what's in his hands, but now you know the denominations of the coins. And so when it comes to knowing what I know, I have accessed a binary thought process. I've determined the value of money that's in his hand. And I've accessed in a, on a different level my knowledge of coin denominations to determine exact amount and number of coins in his hands. Next stop is level three. Now, just say like you were looking at five dimes in your hand, right? And your brother is holding his hand up like a cup and your mom, his, your mom drops his change into his hand, but it doesn't make a sound. Now you look at your hand, you know, you got five dimes, that's 50 cents. You know, he's got 50 cents, but you know that the coin didn't make any clinks or you know that his change didn't make any clinks. And so now, you know he has a 50 cent piece. Or if there was one clink, he probably would have got two quarters. And so now I've accessed a binary thought process about the value of money and how much I have so I know how much he has. I've accessed my knowledge of coin denominations to determine the exact amount of coins in his hand. And I've accessed my knowledge of sensory information and the auditory signals coming from the contents of my brother's hand and isolated the solution to exactly the coin he's holding. So 
That is critical thought. Critical thought is know thyself. You must know what you know and the relevant information and data that you can assimilate based on the thought that you have, that you're trying to develop. And so, in some ways, when the difference is between a thinker and a critical thinker is the ability to command the knowledge of the things that you know that intersect the scope of the relevance of the particular topic that you're looking at. And you know Harvard Business Review is getting a tongue stuck out at them because to know themselves they're meditating rather than counting the coins in their hands and deducing the things that matter. And so the critical thought aspect is what are the what what's the diversity of the universe of sort of the things in my knowledge bucket and the details that are relevant to this analysis. And and critical thought is sort of the depth of those things that you understand and your ability to marshal them all to bear on a particular thought. And so I think the essence of critical thought, when you really hit critical mass and just crush it, when you know the solution before anyone else can ask the question. And that's the way I try to work, like at least in my job. I think I spend most of my time at work where I detect and anticipate the question and I ha- try to have the answer before anybody else has the question. That's where I try to be. That's kind of the standard as a critical thinker. That's the zone of critical thought that I try to maintain. Now, when you're really in the zone and on those occasions that you crush it so hard, you crush it into a diamond. Like, I think I've done this maybe four or five times in my life. But whenever I do it, I get this radical tingling rush in my brain, kind of like an explosion. It just goes down like my brain through my spine. It goes out through my arms and fingertips. It tingles all over for several seconds, and it's awesome. You get this crazy, weird kind of natural high, and I think that's what they mean by achieving illumination. When you do it, you will know it, and it feels like your brain is just expanding through space, And it's like, it feels like pure truth. Illumination is the perfect word. And it will happen. The longer you practice critical thought, the more often it will happen. And don't worry about illumination. Just worry about critical thought. And if you've never had that kind of an epiphany, it won't be long before you have one. And I don't know this for sure. I'm not like a neuroscientist or anything. But I really think it happens when, like, a lot of different areas of your brain and sort of a lot of different sort of pieces of of knowledge and understanding, uh, you know, from different areas, like all kind of coalesce at the same time. I think that might actually be what it is. And it's really exciting. But anyway, but the better critical thinker you are, the more sort of depth of things that you're drawn on to come up with your, um, you know, that, that form into your thoughts. I really think that that is achieving illumination is what happens when you're when you're just nailing it from a whole bunch of different angles and you really are like critically perceiving something the bottom line is you have to know thyself you have to know what's in your brain that you understand and as you assimilate information you need to be sensitive to hey do i understand that do i understand that do i understand that and you see something that you don't know you're like hey i don't know that i don't understand that and then you need to focus, that's what you need to learn. And it's also not just binary that you know you don't know, because all of the things in your no bucket, you can achieve a deeper understanding 
so that you can you can understand what you do know if you can understand it even better challenge your thoughts and assumptions and you know and and become more intimate with the, your level of knowledge of those things that are in your do know bucket of course you're going to be better off and again knowing what you know so that you can detect things that you don't know when they're presented means that you need to assimilate the understanding of that new thing, which is the building block of critical thinking. And because the more things you have in your no bucket, the more things you can draw on as you are processing um, different concepts and things like that. So, and I really think this is where genius begins because when you know more and more and more things, it's, it's sort of like a puzzle. Right? Think of a puzzle. You have all these pieces that kind of fit together. And that's why everybody always likes to build the puzzle by the edges, right? You fill in all the edges and then you kind of build in, right? And the reason is is that you know kind of the, the more angles you come from, the more you know, you know all the corners you can figure out, and the more you kind of build it in, the more you see and everything. And in a lot of ways, that's like, in my opinion, that's like the way to get your puzzle filled in better is to have a high diversity of understanding of different sort of spheres of knowledge. Like, because you can kind of come at it from more edges and more corners when you have a higher diversity of things that you've spent time learning about. And so it just makes it easier to put the other pieces in. And so when you consider what fields you want to study sort of as a student and professional, the greater diversity of your education, I think the more edges of that puzzle you start with. So like me, I'm an engineer and a lawyer by education. So that means I'm coming at problems because I think the engineering sort of field and the legal field is really very, they're very different. And so that means I'm coming at problems with a strong educational background from two different sides. And but somebody else who say like, maybe there are lawyers and they're pre-law and law, guess what? I'm gonna be a critical thinking advantage, a huge critical thinking advantage. Because I have way more edges and way more, you know, another corner of that puzzle piece to go by. So the moral of the story is stretch your brain. Do the hard classes. Take science in college and high school. It's worth it. It's flexing your brain. And I don't know about you, but I have this character flaw. If I hear or see anything that I don't know and don't completely understand, it's like a splinter in my mind. Like... Like, I just can't stop thinking about it. And that's when I start asking questions. Like, if somebody says something, or like an acronym that I don't know, and I don't know what it is, I'll, I'll just be like, hey, look, I don't understand what that is. Can you tell me what that acronym is? Because if I don't know, it's just gonna, it's gonna get on my nerves to like, kind of exist not knowing what something is. And so, and but a lot of times, like, I hate to say this, but, you know, a fair number of times, like, I'll ask somebody a question like that, and they'll be like, yeah, I don't know either. And I'm just thinking to myself, dude, you're the one who's talking about it. Like, what do you mean you don't know? And so a lot of people who will tell you things, they don't always, they maybe they are not critical thinkers. Don't assume they're critical thinkers. Like, sometimes, like, I remember one time we had this, uh, you know, platform that, you know, that we were using this, like, uh, you know, IT platform. And so they were talking about it and they're like, yeah, and so this and this, A, B, and C. And so then obviously D, and I was like, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was thinking to myself, okay, I get A, I get B, I get C, but I don't understand D. And so I'm like, hey, uh, excuse me, yeah, like I'm catching A, B, and C, but this D, can you like, can you like reel it back? Cause I'm not really seeing how that is happening. 
And they're like, oh, uh, well, we're the sales staff. We're not really the technical folks, but I'll get back to you on that. And I was like, thinking to myself, okay, great. You know, because, I mean, you know, I mean, how credible is everything else they said? I don't know. But anyway, bottom line is, is that, you know, when you're processing things and you're receiving things, if you know what you know and you understand the things you don't know, then you can ask questions about the things you don't know because you're processing it as you receive it and they're not going to slip weird, you know, kind of things that are wrong past you. And so in some ways, you, you're critically thinking, you can, you can be a critical listener too. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just kind of a different, it's, a, it's the same thing as critical thinking, but it's just a different sort of application. So, but I almost entitled this episode, Embrace Your, I was going to say critical thinking, embrace your ignorance. Um, but I didn't want to sound like, you know, I, I don't know. I just didn't want to sound like I was calling names or anything. But because you can't be afraid to get judged because you don't know something. Like, I don't feel dumb, you know, and you shouldn't feel dumb just because you don't have some piece of information yet. You know, feel smart and proud because you know thyself and you recognize that you don't know something they just said and seek that knowledge because that's the whole building block of critical thought. And you know, so just channel your inner Voorhees and if somebody says something that you don't get, just like ask them and say, hey, I mean, as long as it's like appropriate or whatever, and just say, hey, look, wait a minute, I'm not catching that. I didn't, I'm not catching what you're throwing. Can you run that back and explain that? Because, and you might be surprised, um, especially, you know, if you know your craft and you're like, hey, I don't get that. You know, a lot of times it's because it, it's not right or it doesn't work or whatever. Um, so anyway, and that's important to know, right? Obviously. So, and I, th- I think you'll find that the more things that you kind of pick up and piece together at some point, when you accumulate all this sort of different knowledge from different areas and all that kind of stuff, it'll start coming together. And then you'll really be able to like detect patterns and like patterns in data will emerge. And then you'll be able to take that data and deduce and extrapolate and hypothesize. And you'll be able to sort of sort out things that you didn't even know you didn't know before. And you'll figure out things before even a question arises, which is really cool. And so uh, in upcoming, in the, in a couple upcoming episodes, this one's going to be short because it's kind of new year's, it's new year's night. And I just, I just got motivated. I want to throw out a critical thought episode, but I'm going to go through some examples of some of the inductive and deductive analytical feats because I think it's kind of useless to talk only in generalities about critical thinking like the Harvard Business Review does. And I think you deserve more than kind of that drivel that nobody's going to remember. And I want you to actually be able to look back on something like this and actually put it into action because that's what really matters is can we put this into action. One way we're going to do uh, some critical thinking is we're going to do inductive reasoning, which is um, really it's got it's a lot to do with sort of pattern recognition. You're like, okay, I see this thing and I see that thing and I see that thing. So therefore that means that some bigger thing must be true. And the perfect example of inductive reasoning is wheel of fortune. Like you think you see the letters, like if there's just one block in the phrase and you know that's like an A or an I probably, or if you see the, the third and the second to the last letter is I and N, then you know it's probably like something with like a G at the end of it. So you wanna like guess G when you see an I and N cause it's, it's probably like sitting or running or whatever. 
And so for inductive reasoning, just kind of think of Wheel of Fortune and you're looking for those letters to kind of extrapolate what the big you know, phrase is. Um, and so that's how you inductively go from these little teeny data points to some kind of extrapolation of um, what kind of the big picture is or whatever. And so, and that's, and when we talk about inductive reasoning, I'm gonna tell you that's how I called the pandemic. You can ask my boss, that's how I called the whole pandemic thing way back in January, 2020. And that's also how I called the presidential race in 2020 for Biden on election night. And so we'll talk about how the, the, the inductive data that I did that from, and I'm, ta- I'm not talking about predicted, I'm talking about guaranteed, I'm sure I knew it, I called it. Um, and what blew me away was that like the news hadn't figured it out. Like I just couldn't believe it. Um, and I was kind of mad at the TV. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, cause you could do the math and you knew. Um, but anyway, so, um, I'll, I'll tell you how I knew for certain that, um, Biden was going to take the 2020 election night, um, just purely from inductive reasoning. And then we're going to talk about deductive reasoning. And deductive reasoning is when you have rules instead of data points, and then you go from the rules to the solution. And the perfect example of deductive reasoning is Jeopardy, right? Because there's rules, and then you come up and you isolate the answer based on all the rules. And so in Jeopardy, I say, I'll take rags for a thousand, Alex. And the answer is Cambridge publication on critical thought. Ding! What's Harvard Business Review, Alex? That's correct, Brad. (laughs) See, three rules. It had to be a rag from Cambridge and discuss critical thought. And so deductive reasoning sets up these rules. And when these rules are true, and if I if I come up with that solution that satisfies all three rules, then I know this conclusion must be true. And so I'll talk you through deductive reasoning that I used to sort of revolutionize lumber distribution and strength testing when I was in grad school as an engineer. And also for deductive reason, I'm gonna teach you exactly how I figured out how to detect and peel up insider trading networks in bulk stock transaction data. Um, and it's like finding a needle in a haystack with a magnet. And so it'll take like two minutes and it'll freak you out how easy it is. It's so easy, it's stupid. So for critical thinking, know thyself, which means know what you know, which tells you also everything else is what you don't know and you need to grab and learn. And you know that critical thinking is accessing everything you know about something automatically, simultaneously, and being able to see the things that you don't know and the things that you need to know or find out to achieve the precision in your thought that you want. And you can sort of think of the example with your mom giving the coins and all the things you knew about what your brother had. And now you know way more than the internet and you know way more than the Harvard Business Review about critical thinking. And that is a fact.